Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Sniffin' Lines with Hunter Mickles. This is Friday's episode. As you guys know, I record an episode and post it every Monday night and every Friday afternoon slash Friday night. I'm thinking of changing the schedule. I might be going to every Sunday night and every Thursday night, but we'll see. Uh, I'd like to hear some feedback, what you guys think. Uh, tonight, though, we'll be talking about some some of my week four picks. I got quite a bit. We're looking to bounce back from a tough week three. Uh, you know, I have I have a good feeling that this week's going to be different. I absolutely love this week of college football, week four. There are so many good games on this weekend. I am so excited for it. A lot of people are saying they're seeing there's no ranked matchups and they're disappointed. There's like no one wants to no one wants to watch this. They just want to move to week five. Ladies and gentlemen, those are casuals. Those are people that don't actually love college football. I do. I'm excited for week four. There are some great games that we're gonna dive into. And I also got some some more potential upsets that I that I'm going to share with you guys. As you know, I went 1 and 3 last week. We're looking to go 3 and 0 this week and I really think that we can. All right. With that being said, we're going to dive right into it. I'm going to lead off with my potential upsets. Number 1, USC at Oregon State. Oregon State is plus 190 and plus 6 and a half spread. Uh I think Oregon State has a really good chance of winning this game, but there's only a few ways that happens. They have to expose USC's defense for what it is. They need to put points on the board. USC is not very good defensively. They started off hot. They've been getting exposed in the secondary lately. Their front seven's very weak, not very physical. I think Oregon State can push them around. I think Oregon State... Needs to win the turnover battle, maybe even keep it open or even. Uh, Oregon State, they struggle turning the ball over sometimes. Their quarterback throws it in places where it should be a turnover, and he gets lucky. He gets fortunate that it's not an interception. He cannot do that this week against USC. USC is plus ten in the turnover dif- differential already this year in three games. That's really damn good. You or Oregon State's got to hold on to the ball, be smart with it. If they can do that, I think they can walk away with the win. I have them. Actually, we'll get into what I have later. But Oregon State's got them at home. They're 6-0 last year at home, including two big wins over Utah and Washington. Those are two big wins right there. Oregon State's tough at home. USC's going to struggle there. Trust me. Moving on to the next one, staying in the Pac-12. Oregon at Washington State. Washington State's plus 215 and plus 7 with the spread. <laughs> I truly think Washington State walks away with a win here pretty easily. I think Oregon's a little overhyped. People forgot about them after after week one's loss against Georgia. They got smoked 49-3. Granted, Georgia's really good, but Oregon played like shit. Bo Nix is not a good quarterback. He He never has been. When he plays on the road, when he was at Auburn, he sucked on the road. I believe he had 16 touchdowns and 14 interceptions on the road at Auburn. Well, guess what? 
he's on the road going into a hostile Washington State environment. Washington State's got this sold out. They're looking to win this game, to get to 4-0 and with two huge wins on their resume. Washington State's a dangerous team in the Pac-12. They have a really good chance of winning it, the Pac-12, uh, if they keep playing the way they have. I, I mean, their quarterback, Cameron Ward, absolute stud. 727 yards and eight touchdowns through three games. You know, at home, I see Washington State keeping this close, if not winning. That's my second potential upset. And then moving over to the to the Big 12, we got Texas going down to Texas Tech. Texas Tech's plus 225 money line, plus seven on the spread. Donovan Smith, uh, Texas Tech's backup quarterback, he's a He's a good player. He likes to put the ball in harm's way a lot. He's got seven touchdowns and five interceptions on the year. He needs to hold on to the ball. Uh, he cannot turn the ball over, or it could be a very long day for Texas Tech. I think Texas Tech coaches know that, and they're going to try to keep the ball out of his hands as much as possible. They're going to try to run it down Texas's throat, which I think they can maybe do. Quinn Ewers for Texas, he's doubtful again. He is traveling and he is dressing, so he could play, but the rumors are that he's doubtful. Definitely won't start the game, probably not at least. Uh, You know, Texas Tech has the best run defense in the Big 12, only giving up 82 rushing yards per game. They need to continue that against Texas, especially if Hudson Card is the quarterback. B. John Robinson's a stud. Texas Tech cannot let him run all over them or they're in for a very, very, very long night at home. That'd be very disappointing for their fans. That being said, I do think Texas Tech gets the job done and holds Robinson to a very low total of rushing yards. Even if they hold him to 120 rushing yards and a touchdown, that's slowing him down. So if they can do that, I think the... Home crowd in Lubbock gets behind them, and I think it leads them to for sure covering and maybe even winning the game outright, and that'd be a huge win for Texas Tech's program. Those are my three potential upsets. USC at Oregon State. Oregon State, I think, is going to win. Oregon at Wazoo. I think Washington State can win that game as well. And Texas at Texas Tech, I do think the Red Raiders can win that game at home. Moving on to the next segment of the episode. I got my top 10. Last week's top 10, it hasn't really changed too much. I've switched a couple teams around. Mississippi State fell out of my top 10 after a horrible performance at LSU. But uh, top four stay the same. I got Georgia at one. Self-explainable, you know. Ohio State at two. Bama at three. Michigan at four. I think Michigan's really damn good. Uh, Number five, I got the Oklahoma Sooners. They look good. Oklahoma looks like a brand new program. Brett Venables from Clemson is a great coach. He's got that defense looking scary. That offense with Dylan Gabriel has adjusted a lot faster than a lot of people thought they would. So I got OU at five. USC at six. I do think they lose this weekend. So they will probably be falling out of my top ten. But I have USC right now at six. They've given me no reason to think they shouldn't be the sixth best team in the nation. Clemson at seven. Their offense struggles at times, but they can run 
the damn ball, and their defense is still pretty damn good. So I got Clemson at 7, Oklahoma State at 8. Mike Gundy's just got a good team over there again. Their offense is scary. Defense is starting to look a lot better ever since that Central Michigan game. Oklahoma State at 8. Number 9, I got Arkansas. Sam Pittman does a hell of a job down there in Fayetteville. That's a good team. That offense is good. K.J. Jefferson can sling the ball. He can run the ball. Raheem Sanders at running back, one of the best running backs in the nation. Their rushing defense is one of the best in the SEC. Passing defense struggles at times, but if they can get that secondary healthy, which they should be able to by the middle of the season, they should be damn good in the SEC. So Arkansas at 9, and then Tennessee at 10. I got Hendon Hooker as one of my Heisman favorites right now. Holy shit, is he a good player. Can throw the ball. Throw, throw, throw. And then, if the passing defense is stellar, he can run the damn ball. Hendon Hooker is an all-around quarterback, dual-threat quarterback that, like I say every every episode, dual-threat quarterbacks make teams super dangerous. That's exactly what Hendon Hooker is. Tennessee's a dangerous team. I think they dominate Florida this week at home. Tennessee at 10. All right. Moving on to the last segment. It's going to be a, a shorter episode. My Fridays usually are. Until I start getting guests on that will also talk about their picks and we'll talk about other college football news. But for right now, just starting off, keeping everything short for you guys so you guys actually listen. All right, my picks for week four. I'll start off. I had one last night. I tweeted it out. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you should. It's at Sniffin' Lines, S-I-N. Excuse me, I, I messed that up. It's at Sniffin' Lines, S. N-I-F-F-N-L-I-N-E-S. Sniffing lines. All right. This was my pick last night. I had Coastal Carolina, Georgia State over 63. It started off hot. They had 28 points at the end of the first quarter. And then Coastal Carolina just started running the ball. Running, running, running. Long drive, long drive, long drive. You know, it worked out. I'm happy it worked out. They scored 65 points, final score 41 to 24. If it wasn't for an 80-yard pick six by Georgia State, this game might not have went over. So 1-0 to start the week. That's all I got to say. You can't complain on a win, 1-0. All right, we're going to move on. I talked about – actually, I'm going to talk about all my new picks, and then I'll go back to the picks I said on Monday's episode. So skip this one. Uh, I got Clemson minus seven at Wake Forest. A lot of people like Wake Forest in this game, and I'm really not sure why. Uh, Wake Forest can't stop the run. Like, their run defense is absolute dog shit. Their defense in general is dog shit. Clemson's going to run all over them. Will Shipley is going to have one of the biggest games of his career which is going to open the passing game a little bit for DJ, Ugalele, however the hell you say that Hawaiian last name. So it's going to open the passing game for Clemson. I think DJ can have a decently solid game, which I know is surprising to say, but when your wide receivers are open because the defense is stopping the run first, that's what's going to happen. Wake Forest cannot run the ball either. That means their offense is going to be one-dimensional against one of the best defenses in the country in Clemson. That's a recipe for disaster. Give me Clemson minus seven. I think they win this game by double digits. Just, 
I believe in the Tigers this week. Tennessee minus 10.5. I just talked about them. Hendon Hooker, amazing, amazing quarterback. Should have a big game in the air. Going to be able to use his legs a little bit. Florida's run defense isn't that good. Should be able to run all over him. Anthony Richardson, you know, he just hasn't looked good at home in the swamp. They've had three games at home, and he hasn't thrown a passing touchdown there. Why should I think he's going to suddenly turn that around and have one of the best games of his season in a hostile environment? It's just it's dumb to think like that. I think Tennessee smokes Florida. I think they score 40-some points on them as long as they're good on third down. And I think Tennessee's offense is good enough to get them in that third and short range, like third and three, third and four, to where Hendon Hooker can make a play and keep converting on third downs and extend drives. So I think Tennessee can score 40-plus and hold Florida's unproven offense to below 20. Tennessee minus 10.5. Arkansas plus 2. This is a neutral site game. A&M cannot stop the run either. They're really bad against the run. Miami ran all over them. App State ran all over them. Arkansas has got the second best rushing attack in the SEC. I just, I think KJ Jefferson can run for 75 plus yards this game. I think Raheem Sanders, Arkansas's running back, can run for 150 plus. I think Arkansas has a track and field meet with A&M. I think Arkansas scores 35-plus points. I think Arkansas runs away with this one decently easily as long as their defense plays how they should. And then, this right here, guys. This right here is my play of the week. My favorite play. I'm putting the most amount of units on it. I'm staying in the Arkansas game. And I'm taking over 48-and-a-half. Arkansas secondary is depleted which is scary for Arkansas plus two. But Max Johnson, Texas A&M's quarterback, hasn't shown that he can throw the ball consistently. I think he'll be able to throw the ball a little bit against Arkansas secondary, enough to put up 14 to 17 points, something like that. I'd say, yeah, I'd say 14, 17, 21 if, if he's lucky. So I think they'll score enough points, but I don't think they'll be able to hold Arkansas the way people think they will. And Arkansas scores 35 to 42 in this overhits decently easily. So this is my game of the week, my play of the week. Arkansas AM over 48 and a half. Mark it down, follow it. I promise you it's gonna hit. All right. I talked about this one a little bit in potential upsets of the week. Oregon State plus six and a half. I got into why. USC's defense is ass. Oregon State's offense is pretty damn good. Oregon State's home crowd is going to be behind them big time. I think Oregon State's defense can stop Caleb Williams and USC's, in quotes, they haven't played anyone good, in quotes, high-powered offense. Caleb Williams has always struggled under pressure. Oregon State's going to send pressure at him. He's not going to deal with the adversity very well. I think Oregon State can win this game outright. Give me their points at plus six and a half. All right, uh, moving on. Just added this one today. Two of these today, actually. Texas Tech plus seven. I talked about this one in the potential upsets already. Uh, we just need Donovan Smith to hold on to the ball. 
make plays with his feet if he has to, and also throw that fucking cannon of an arm. Just show it off. That's what they need to do. I think Lubbock in the home crowd keeps this game close. Texas Tech plus seven. Michigan State plus three. Michigan State's coming off a tough loss out west against Washington. Washington's looking a lot better than people thought. Michigan State's going to have to run the ball this game, which I think they will. Minnesota hasn't played anyone with a pulse yet, and I think that's pretty going to be pretty telling this week when they travel to East Lansing. I think Michigan State's home crowd gets behind them here. Uh, they're a wounded animal coming off that tough loss. They cannot afford a loss to start the Big Ten season if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive. Give me Michigan State plus three. UCF minus 20 and a half. And, guys, there's just one reason to it. Georgia Tech, they're dead. They're horrible. They're averaging five points a game and 225 yards per game. I bet on them last week. Stupid idea. Georgia Tech is absolutely horrible. Cannot move the ball on offense. Their defense couldn't stop a fucking group of five-year-olds. Just Give me UCF minus 20 and a half. UCF's got them at home. Georgia Tech's going to go in there, score three points. UCF's going to beat them by 30. UCF minus 20 and a half. All right. Old Dominion minus five. Old Dominion's coming off a tough loss at Virginia. They lost 16 to 14, lost in a heartbreaking way. I'm looking for them to bounce back at home versus a bad Arkansas State team. I don't have many stats to this one. I just really like Old Dominion. Old Dominion's played really well. They beat Virginia Tech to start the year. Barely lost to Virginia last Saturday. I think Old Dominion's a good team, good enough to cover five against Arkansas State. And then Charlotte, South Carolina, over 66 points. I know that's a lot of points, but Charlotte couldn't stop a team of 70-year-olds. They really can't. They've hit the over in every single game so far this year. They... Beat Georgia State 42-41 to last week. Uh, they lost North Carolina 35-28 to the week before that and then lost to South Carolina. Or, excuse me, I messed this up. I'm, I messed that up. I messed that up. Uh, ignore that. Ignore everything I just said there. I'm thinking of Georgia State. But Charlotte, on the other hand, Charlotte still hasn't been able to stop. Let me pull up the scores just to make up for that. I'll, I'll make up for that reason. Charlotte has played William and Mary. Over under was 52. 65 points were scored. 41 to 24, they lost. Then they played Maryland. Over under was 65. Maryland beat them 56 to 21. Right there, guys, right there. They've already given up 97 points in two games. The next week, the over under was 63 and a half. They beat Georgia State 42 to 41, 83 points. So in three games this year, they've given up 97 plus 41, 138 points. What's that average out to be? Damn near 40, like I think 46 points a game is what they're giving up, guys. The over under 66, I think South Carolina can score some damn points on them. South Carolina is going to have to score some points if they want to show their fan base they're a good team after what just happened last week at home against Georgia. I also think South Carolina gives up about 20-some points against Charlotte. I think this over hits decently easily. 
over 66 in the Charlotte, South Carolina game. Sorry for the confusion there. I, I fucked that up, but I, I made up for it. I made up for it. Okay. Those are all my new picks. I, I haven't talked about those yet. I'm going to go back to Monday night's picks that I had and I put in. Hopefully you guys got the lines because some of them changed in bad ways. One of them changed in a good way. I'll talk about that. All right. We'll start it off with Kansas minus eight and a half. That's what I had them at Monday night. The line changed all the way down to seven. I now have Kansas at seven. I do not know why the line is changing. I hope to God Vegas doesn't know something that we don't. I hope to God Jalen Daniels, Kansas quarterback, is playing. Because let me tell you, he's a stud. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. Let me name off his stats. Let me name off his stats real quick for us, guys. Where are we at here? Right here. Jalen Daniels, 566 passing yards this year, seven touchdowns. 237 rushing yards this year, three touchdowns. Kansas is 3-0 for a reason. That's because they're actually pretty damn good this season. Leipold, their their head coach, is a good coach. Kansas is 3-0 for one reason, one reason only. They're good. Duke, on the other hand, coming into Kansas, is also 3-0. Duke hasn't played a soul. They beat Northwestern. Northwestern sucks. They lost to an FCS team last or two weeks ago, whenever that was. Give me Kansas minus 8.5 and, and give me Kansas minus 7. I got it on them twice. I believe in them. I think they win by double digits. Now, Mississippi State minus 30. I put a lot of hype in Will Rogers last week. He did not show up for it. I do think he bounces back against Bowling Green this week. I think Mississippi State scores a lot of points. I think they hit the 50s. I think their defense holds Bowling Green to below 17. Give me Mississippi State minus 30. I already talked about the Washington State game and my potential upsets, but I have them plus six and a half. I told you why. Cameron Ward's a stud, 727 yards and eight touchdowns for three games. They're at home. That crowd's going to be behind them. Oregon I don't think is that good. Bo Nix is not that good on the road. He's proven that when he played for Auburn. He's gonna, he proved it in the first game that he started for Oregon. Bo Nix isn't that good. He's going to struggle. Washington State's going to make them turn the ball over. Washington State's going to win this game outright, and they're going to obviously cover six and a half. And then the last one is Michigan minus 17. I don't know what Vegas is doing here. Michigan is really damn good. J.J. McCarthy is a really damn good quarterback. Blake Corum is a stud running back. Their defense is really good. Granted, their secondary is a little iffy-iffy. They have an offensive player playing safety now. He's taking over for a draft pick, but he's been playing really well. The news out of Michigan is that he knows the defense really well now. I like Michigan a lot this year. I think J.J. McCarthy has a big game against Maryland. I think uh, Talia Tugalavoya or whatever has a really bad game, just like he did last year when Maryland had a lot of hype, and then he turned the ball over six times against Iowa. That was at home. I think Maryland struggles this week against Michigan's defense. I think Talia turns the ball over. I think Michigan runs away with this one pretty early. Give me Michigan minus 17. All right, I believe that is uh I believe that's all my picks, guys. I believe that's everything I got. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I do a lot better than last week. Granted, I didn't lose I only lost one unit last week. But I went 4-8 and eight for you guys, and that's just not acceptable. 
We're turning around this week. We're going undefeated. I'm confident. Give me a great week. Let's let's watch a great week of college football, guys. It's going to be exciting, an exciting Saturday. People aren't talking about it enough, and I think they're going to miss out, the people that don't watch. So if you're listening to this before Saturday, I'm urging you to pay attention to college football this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's a lot of good games on that people aren't talking about. All right, that'll do it. I appreciate you guys a lot. I love you guys for listening. It means the world to me. I love doing this. I say it every episode. I couldn't ask for anything better. This is the best talking about college football. All right, that's that was another episode of Sniffing Lines with Hunter Mickles. Peace out.